0: Now, I don't know where you are with politics uh, who you like, who you dislike, uh, who you're on for, who you're against, but um, I'm sure you'd be sickened if you were reading some of the online comments made about the DUP's Carla Lockhart and this is something we've touched on before on this programme and indeed we've had Carla Lockhart as a guest on the programme talking about the abuse that she takes from online trolls and bullies. Now because we're on the countdown to an election, because She's a candidate, and uh, we can't invite her to talk about this specifically on the programme this morning. But I do want to speak to uh, Alison Morris from the Irish News. Alison, good morning. Good morning. Alison, C- Carla Lockhart has taken and she must be one of the, the strongest individuals at a personal level to be able to put up with what she has to take and well, what she doesn't have to take it, but what she's forced to uh, take on online. You, you can't but admire her steel and she spoke about this to us on the, the programme before. Uh, when your personal appearance is being commented on by people hiding behind a pseudonym um, you, you 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 need to be very strong to to cope with the pressure, the mental pressure that you'd be put under.
1: I think the the anonymous um, nature of social media and Twitter is particularly cruel for this. It means that people can set up accounts using fake names or or hiding behind pseudonyms, and it seems to, have for some reason, embolden them to behave in a way that I don't think that most people would behave in their normal day-to-day life. Carla Lockhart is just the latest politician to, to get this kind of abuse, but I mean you'll see it daily aimed at, and I'm not saying that male politicians don't get abused online because they do, but the abuse that is directed towards people like Carla Lockhart, towards Naomi Long, towards Caroline Cullen gets some awful abuse. I've seen abuse aimed at Michelle O'Neill and Arning Foster as well. Um, that kind of very misogynist abuse, which is concentrating on people's looks, um, I think is, is unique to women and female politicians. In England, in the Westminster election, there's been a number of them that stood down and said that they just can't take the pressure of that anymore, that they're just not going to put their name forward for for election because of, of the abuse that they receive online. It's quite a new thing to isn't it? You know, the sort of the internet and social media, and it's a great way to communicate with people. And I love being able to directly deal with people who are readers of, you know, my column or want to comment on it or want to comment on a news story I've, I've written. Um... And it's nice that you can have that sort of instant communication with them. But then what it also does is it allows people to hide behind a fake name and to say things which are cruel, which are misogynist, which are directed at people's appearance um, or that are, are very sexual and crude in nature. And I don't think if you met those people in the street that that's how they speak.
0: But it's what they say. It's what they write. It's what they broadcast, for want of a better term. It's what they project via their social media platform. And some of the comments they make, and you you named a significant number of female politicians uh, locally. Some of the comments they make are degrading and disgusting. They're they're so bad that I don't even want to even give an impression of what they they say because I don't want to add to the hurt that those women have already Been facing now. They they may have. Excuse me. They may have. They may be very strong in nature uh, by the fact that they are politicians, but they're bound to at times sit in the quiet of their own bedroom or the in in the car alone, looking at what's on the, the screen and and feel and feel very hurt.
1: And you couldn't help but be affected by that and also I think that for some of those women they might have, you know, teenage children who have access to the internet and you could see that and it's always a worry that they're going to read things like that about you and what impact it's going to have on them, and I, I think that it's, you know, you have to have thick skin to be a politician, it's a job that, you know, it requires you to be quite a resilient person and I think that most of those people that I named are fairly resilient women in their own right um, but I think and we should be challenging politicians on their policies and on what they put forward and, and what they stand for but when you start attacking people based solely on their appearance I think you've completely lost the, the, any argument that you have for a start. Um, I think it says more about the person who's saying it than the person who's, who's it's being said to. Um, and clearly it does. Last year I took part in a study that Amnesty International did and as part of that they had looked at the abuse of female politicians take. I think Diane Abbott at this stage is the most abused politician online. Um, But there was something like half a million, you know, racist, misogynist, um, rape threats and all sorts of other things that were directed at her online. And then if you trigger that down, then you can see the scale of female politicians and the abuse that they receive. I think here that then we we throw into the mix of that. So you have, you know, all that misogyny and, you know, a, a patriarchal society that still doesn't, um, still attacks women who are in powerful positions, and then you throw in, you know, the added ingredient of Victorianism, which with exists here, which is, is very prevalent online and sometimes can be very ugly. Um, and some of the messages and the abuse that people receive, that they write, um, and, and that people post online, there's times I look at it and think, what on earth is going on in your life? And I do feel for the women. In your life, you know, there's obviously, is there wives, is there mothers, is there daughters who, who live in houses and then live in a home with this man who speaks like this to another woman? You know, what kind of people are they?
2: Would
0: you take it that every pseudonym is a male that's broadcasting that sort of commentary?
1: No, and I've, I've been abused by women as well. But what you can tell by the the, um, by the language they use whether it's a man or a woman, and I know that's a sincerely said, I don't want to repeat the kind of comments that they are, but you can tell by the um, by the tone of it, and then it's very easy to look at someone's account and work out if they're a man or a woman just based on all the other comments that they make and the things that they they um, they say and the things that they show interest in, the names that they use as well, and signals that they use. And you know, a lot of this is is down to those platforms. They have to be responsible for the people who use them. They make millions every year from these social media platforms, and they do have a responsibility the guidelines on things on twitter and facebook are they sound quite strict if you read them and i have read them um because i've had to because i've had more complaints with twitter than you know i can i can remember there's dozens and dozens of of accounts that i've had to report to twitter and their guidelines sound like they're quite robust but they don't enforce them and and that's the problem and they do need to enforce them and there maybe is um uh, possibility in the future that you can look at a way that people can, can use an anonymous name on Twitter but not be anonymous as in that they have to, when they set up their Twitter profile that they have to um, upload some kind of ID to show who they are um, with a name and address Some there's been suggestions that you know it could cost like a pound to join and then that has to be done via a credit or debit card which would mean that your, your information would be logged. Um, you can then be quite happily and freely use a, an anonymous name if you want to and a lot of people feel freer to talk behind an anonymous name about all sorts of reasons or maybe they're worried about their their employment. But if you cross the line and that goes into criminal harassment or that goes into making threats against somebody, well then your details should be held with that platform and they should be able to hand that over to um, any police force which are investigating those threats. Maybe even the thought that you have uploaded your own ID and that, that behind that fake name that your identity is known, that that social media platform might make people think twice before they they engage in the kind of behaviour that we've seen last week. And, you know, for play to any any person, male or female, put themselves up for election. It's not an easy thing to do. um, And these these times, these trying times, when we're in political uncertainty and, and, you know, they have a lot of responsibility, and rightly so, if you're a publicly elected representative, you're paid by the public purse and you're there to represent us all. But I think that the other representatives uh, is us all in terms of what their manifestos are. I don't particularly care what that person looks like, nor do I think that anyone should be commenting on what that person looks
0: like. Yeah, it's incredibly cowardly. Cowardly would seem to be the word for that. I, how, how do you feel personally, Alison, when, when you get targeted by people online? I, I know you've got a very brave persona and you're, you talk about your thick skin and all of that, but but it's, there's bound to be times whenever it, it gets to you.
1: The just really hurt me because we weren't used to it at that time, you know, social media was such a new thing. And because I use words as a living, you know, the power of words, and, and I know the power that words can have. And so to see something in print written about you, which is completely untrue and is also, you know, harass, harassing and, and, you know, criminally, so in some cases... Um, at the start I was shocked by it. I was shocked that people would just, you know, go to such lengths and I thought like someone took so long out of their day to actually sit and compose and, and make up something really, you know, hurtful and, and damaging and, and thinking that it's gonna cause me all kinds of, of problems in my personal and professional life and that did hurt. But it's strange because as time goes on, you do get used to it. You do become more resilient, and and now it doesn't it doesn't sting in the way that it used to. And we shouldn't have to get used to something like that, um, but you do. And 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 right now, now I just block them. You know, it used to be at a time where I thought, well, maybe I should engage with this person and try and you know show them the error of their ways. And and I think that was a very naive and foolish um, way to go about it. And so now I have a very long blocked and muted list on my Twitter account.
0: Yeah, it's a way to deal with them. Alison, uh, thank you. Thank you very, very much indeed. uh, Alex Kane is available to have a chat with us as well. Good morning, Alex. Morning Frank, how are you? I'm very well Alex. When you hear the long list of women that Alison referred to there who are regularly being demeaned by trolls on social media and we look across the water at the whole raft of reasons why politicians are in the in the firing line, it, it makes you wonder who would want to be a public representative, especially which female would want to come forward at this point in time.
2: Well, that's true, Frank, and and it's always been. I think for all anyone I've. I've never done it myself, but I've worked in politics for years. I have huge admiration. I may not agree with a single word they say, but I have huge admiration for people who are willing to put their posters up to be, you know, seen by whatever it is fifty, sixty thousand people in the constituency for for weeks and then, Shop windows, lampposts, you know, uh, traffic lights everywhere they go. It, it, it there's a there's a risk involved in it. There's your own vanity involved. All of that at play. And I think people took the knocks. They knew it would calm used to be you get now you're losing or whatever. It's changed. I don't think so I think Alison touched upon it. The one thing social media has done it's just, you know, anonymous. I mean, I grew up in an area where occasionally newspapers would still talk about the Green Ink letter, which would be somebody, you know, always anonymous, writing in a scurrilous story about a politician or about, uh, you know, somebody just in a village or a town. That's how it was done. They would bend and so on. But now we have millions of people, millions of people, Frank, around the world who can just quite literally invent an identity for themselves and say what they like and the problem is we're saying what you like. I think Alison touched upon it as well. In some cases, mud sticks. People build up an image of sometimes someone they've never met, not in the constituency they've never hope of voting for. That no, they don't even live in the same country. But they've an image based on what people. Are. And that's the other thing about this. I think about social media. They clearly hunt in packs. It isn't just one person having to go. Maybe that'll happen in a in small, but quite often the, the women, particularly in politics and in, in other walks of life, will be targeted. They will be, there'll be packs every single day, every single evening. These people work out the best times. They can work out, oh, that person is active on their social media account between, say, half past seven and nine in the evening, sitting down and having a cup of tea, that just had a dinner relaxing a bit, might be looking to see what's going on. They, they hunt them in packs at that point as well, Frank, And that's why it has to be stopped. I can understand, I really can understand why people um, have to be anonymous. Maybe they're teachers, maybe they work for the police, maybe they're civil servants. There are all sorts of reasons, Frank. But unless... There's a way, anonymity gives you protection in one sense, particularly if nobody's tracking you down, but it also gives you the chance to be a bully. And no, whether it's a social media system, whatever it is, no system should ever create the circumstances in which you actually make it easier for bullies and trolls and misogynists and racists and homophobes or whatever it is to operate, because that's exactly what's happened now. It is a bully's charter out there.
0: It must be particularly hurtful, however, for individual women who are being targeted because of their appearance. The, the person who does that has a, an incredible amount of cruelty within their m- mindset to print those words, to form those sentences, and to put all of it into the public domain. They,
2: they do. And do you know what worries me, Frank? And again, I think Alison might have touched upon it. It does tell you something about the person who does that because we have to assume, we have to assume that since there's so many people involved in doing it. That many of them, and Alison's right, most of them are, are male. You can tell that you can go through a, a, a timeline fairly quickly and work out, you know, this, you know, this, is, this is almost certainly 99% certain, male. so male. Like we also have to assume that these people have, have partners, they have wives, they have children, they have mums, dads, cousins, sisters, brothers who probably don't know that they're doing this either. And I, I don't know why. I don't know whether it's just that, that sudden freedom that they can do this. And I don't know, maybe the people suddenly who were knew mm. they could never do something because there'd always be a way of checking them. Once they've realized you can say almost anything you like on social media and get away with it, maybe the temptation, I don't know. Maybe it's just the, it's a mixture there. In some cases, I think they are psychologically disturbed. In some cases, they're just bullish. Again, it makes you wonder what they're like in real life, Frank. Is this just a persona that they use on social media? Or are they like that as well in real life? And the other point I think is worth saying. I mean, Alison touched upon it. It, it did annoy me. Alison and I worked together many panels. She should never, just the way she said that, I can get used to it. You should never have to get used to it. I talked to a female politician I know very well. Uh, from England, and um, we were just chatting. She'd been over here for an event, which had it, and, we, chatted, and she, we, we follow each other. So we follow each other. We know each other's families and things like that. And I said, uh, "God sake, you are getting that's getting worse." And she said, "Actually, just basically, you just switch off, and you shouldn't have to switch off. You should not. This should. Be, there must be some way. I think when you see what's possible with a credit card, with anything, with a camera, the technology we have available across the world." I'm sorry, it must be possible and fairly quickly to nail someone who's doing that. As I say, you know, if you have to do it for work purposes, you have to be anonymous, I can accept that as long as you don't step over the line, as long as you don't use that privilege. And it is a privilege, Frank, right? to be able to communicate anonymously is in many cases a privilege. you know. But once you abuse that privilege, there must be a system whereby very quickly the, the, the platform that provides your voice is not only able to very quickly, within a matter of minutes, find out who you are, but where necessary, have that information passes to the police so that people who are being ritually and routinely abused day in, day out, day in, day out. I know people, fine, who have gone off social media, intelligent, thoughtful people, both men and women, fine. I know teenagers who have gone off it as well, you know, but for other reasons, you know. Because they have just, there are people out there who think it's it, it's almost like, I don't know, it's, it's almost like a sport. Let's hunt in a pack and let's go for someone. I'm taking the photographs and doctoring the photographs. and the fake news. We have to stop at Frank because At some point, you will raise a situation in which genuinely good decent, thoughtful, articulate people, even if you don't agree with their views, but they're willing to do this publicly and stand for politics and get involved in public life, they won't, Frank. They won't because the hassle. And again, you talk to the, the husbands of many of these political uh, female politicians, they feel the hurt as well. Frank. They're saying what their wife or partner and um, what they see all of that. And I just think, and a lot of people just go, I'd rather switch off. I'd rather my family didn't have to see what I have to endure that is a victory for these sods to do that Frank. And we really, really, really have to nail
0: them. Uh, couldn't uh, couldn't uh, disagree uh, with anything that you're saying, Alex. And if you are one of those people, if you are listening to the programme at the moment and you know that it's you that we're talking about, you should be so ashamed of yourself. You should be just so ashamed because you are a disgusting excuse for a person. <laughs>